Hey, this is your wrestling podcast fix. Follow us on Facebook at the Inziguri Pro Wrestling Discussions on Twitter at the Inziguri, and catch new weekly episodes of the Inziguri on SoundCloud.com. Yo, what's going on? Uh, nothing much. Hey guys, how's it been? Hey, this is Fran. JCL. This is DB Richards. With another episode of the Inziguri. And tonight we have our special guest, Sean Carr. Hey Sean, what's going on? Hey guys, not much. I appreciate you guys having me on. This is, uh, is going to be fun. I have a feeling we're going to have a pretty cool conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to um, find out your innermost song wrestling world. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I, I like to bring this up. Um, so, deciding to get into the business, how did your family react of you getting into the wrestling business? Were they for it or were they against it? Uh, both both my parents uh, were absolutely for it. They knew that uh, since I was a kid, I mean, the only thing I, I dreamed of being was a professional wrestler since, I mean, the earliest age of probably four or five. And... Um, it was no, it was no surprise to them when uh, when I told them what I wanted to do. The only condition that they had, and it's because every parent wants to look out for their child's best interest, is they just promised they, they made me promise them to at least after high school get a get a college degree, and I did that. I I, uh, I went to a local community college. I uh, I, I got a. A, a liberal arts degree, but I majored in uh, graphic design and minored in theater. Probably the weirdest uh, college experience ever, but uh, I was able to do that. Uh, haven't touched a computer for graphic design since, and uh, the theater has been helping me out with wrestling, so, and, and that's that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah, talking to most wrestlers, they would say that it, kind of the same thing is always just making sure of that, making sure to have the education and in place just in case things happen to not work out i guess yeah no absolutely i mean the the thing is injuries can happen anytime and uh i'm you know blessed with the fact that i have a a, a really good state job you know for the state of new york outside of wrestling so i have amazing health benefits of retirement and uh you know i'm i'm pretty pretty set where it's crazy how many people don't in wrestling don't have health insurance that that to me is just insane but um, cuz you know every time you step through those ropes you run a game of getting hurt but it's definitely i always tell like future aspiring wrestlers like you know get get something to fall back on because you know like 2% of us actually make it to the big time and make make the big money so you know the, the odds are against you not saying you can't do it but it's also smart to have something to fall back on in case things don't pan out the way that you may maybe have hoped yeah would that would that oh gosh <laughs> would that be the message you tell all these young like the guys coming up right now like the casey navarros and um who else oh, <laughs> oh my gosh i can't think right now <laughs> well, there's just one example for you so you know honestly what i what i always tell the newer generation because i'm not my uh, almost 12th year of professional wrestling i tell all the young guys look i was you i know what it's like to want to go out there and hit everything you know in the book um but preserve your body 
because you may not see it now, but eventually you'll you'll hit that 30, 31, 32 uh, age, and you'll start to feel those bumps you took when you were 18, 19, 20 years old that, you know, maybe you, you were able to heal up quick like Wolverine, you know, when they happened earlier on. But I always try to tell guys, you know, and, it, it, and it's hard too because, you know, in today's professional wrestling, the bar is set so high that, you know, guys do have to go out there and do really risky things. And I'm not saying not go out there and take chances. I always just tell the guys, just kind of know your audience, know what you're doing, know, you know, just, just, just be aware of your surroundings. Make sure that, you know, it's safe yet spectacular. Because the one thing that I hate seeing is I hate seeing young kids get hurt um, over senselessness. Uh, that's one thing that I've, I, I just, I just, I hate seeing. And, uh, if I can use whatever knowledge I've obtained over all these years to kind of pass that along to the newer generation, I try to, um, some open it with, with awesome, you know, okay, thanks man. You know, thanks for looking out. Others just kind of blow it off and they go out there and they, you know, they do a dive off a ladder off whatever, and no one catches them when they hit the floor and they're knocked out. So, I mean, it goes either way, really. Yeah. So, here's a question. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine, like, not too long ago, and he's kind of like one of those, I guess, uh, jaded wrestling fans where it's like, you know, wrestling sucks these days. And I told him, I said, well, if you actually watch wrestling, there's a lot of really good stuff going on over the last, like, four or five years. Absolutely. I mean, do you feel, like, what would your opinion be as far as... Um, the matches go or the storylines go like if there's things that if there were things that could be worked on at this time whether they'd be on television or like on the uh, independence oh man I mean that's 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 pretty <laughs> to, to fix some things like on the end on the, on the independence like that, that that could be a whole other pod, podcast a whole new interview but <laughs> um, I would honestly say that right now is the ultimate best time to be a wrestling fan or in the business because there's so many opportunities right now there's so many companies that are out there on television or you know independent wrestling for the most part i mean companies are doing really well they're doing good business um yeah sometimes the wwe storylines are kind of lame but i mean you know for how long did they go without any real competition on television we're coming into the fall season and they're going to have pretty big competition coming their way. So they're going to have to up their game up on, on their creative writing. And, you know, and it's tough too, because you know, you, you, how many things can you do? And then, you know, you got to recycle and do over again, you know, because I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard to be creative in a business where essentially almost everything has already been done. Um, but, you know, I, I would say that, you know, Guys just got to keep, you know, being creative, thinking of new ways uh, to get over. Um, the one thing that I really don't like about now uh, in wrestling is how it seems like everyone's afraid to be a, a heel. Everyone's afraid to be a bad guy, mm. um, especially on the indies because everyone wants to sell those T-shirts and those pictures. <laughs> and uh, it just like to me, like I, I see this, right? And like. When I when I first started training, I was always you know, uh, I was always under the uh, listen. If you're a heel, you never go out and you never take pictures of people because then you're a babyface. And 
if you're out there taking pictures with people, then why, well, what's the point of having a baby face? You know, at that point, you know, people are going to start liking you and cheering you. So I, whenever I'm a heel, I always just try, like, I'll put my merch out and maybe we'll do a sale or two and I'll have somebody that I trust watch it. But I, I really like when I'm playing the bad guy, uh, I, I always try to, uh, to stay away from the fans because then I feel like I'll lose my heat. Um, cause I don't want to heal. I don't want anyone to cheer for me. That, that, that's that I'm not doing my job. Um, so that's the one thing that I would say is just, you know, wrestling to me has always been a story between baby faces and heels. And when we kind of like, you know, one minute there's a guy who's a baby face, but then another, he's a heel and it gets really hard and confusing to, to follow. I, 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 if I would change anything, that would probably be it. Speaking of heels, this is actually, um, on, on the social media pages that we frequent. One of the topics right now is, uh, Baron Corbin. How do you feel Baron Corbin is a, as a heel? Um, I love Baron Corbin. Um, he, the thing I love about him is he embraces being an asshole. I'm sorry if I, if I'm not allowed to swear, but oh, you're good. You're you can good. swear. Uh, <laughs> but you know, he, he comes off like, you know, where he, he's, he's a heel of today's generation. You know, like when people troll him, he trolls him right back. Um, and he gets people to get, to get mad, you know, and he calls out Indies, you know, and then, and what that's doing is like it's getting people mad, which is what a heel is supposed to do. So I think Baron Corbin's great. I think people don't realize that he's working them, um, and he's—I think he's masterful at it. And he just found a different way in today's day and age where it's very hard to do that to to blur the lines of reality and and and, and whatnot to uh, to get that accomplished. And I think he does it very well. So I just want to make sure this is true or not. Um, okay. The person that trained you, his name was Horace White. <laughs> okay. So the story on that is uh, the very first the very first time that I I went to a uh, a wrestling school or whatever. It wasn't even a school. Uh, I went to an independent show when I was uh, out of college. I just got out of college, um, or I had like a semester left or something. And uh, I went to an indie, and they were saying, you know, everyone was, you know, they, they made an announcement intermission that they were doing, they, they had a ring in a, in a school that was like maybe a half hour from my house. And I was like, oh, this will work out pretty good. I've always wanted to get in the business, and this is a great way to, to do that. And uh, I went up there, and uh, the guy who was first there, his name was Horace White or Junior White, and uh, he was the one that, you know, was there taught showed me how to bump and how to lock up and stuff and you know and, and the the very bare minimum basics uh a week or two later that ring got sh- sent back to new jersey or the whole thing the process got shut down so uh there was two veteran guys who live in my area one of them's name was cage and the other was ivy green who now calls himself by his real name rob cook i reached out to them and they were the ones that actually taught me they, they, they trained me. They brought me on the road with them. They they told me the, the what to do, what not to do, shake this everyone's hand, you know, the, the, the proper wrestling etiquette, you know, before shows they would they would get in the ring with me and they would beat the living tar out of me. But I would learn. You know, I would learn how to sell. I would learn the importance of selling. I would learn, 
you know, that you literally had to work for everything you get in the business. I would go with them. I would set chairs up. I would, you know, that, you know, meet people. And then finally somebody gave me an opportunity to get in the ring. And then, you know, when I, when I did it, I was ready and I was willing to do anything and that. So whenever people ask me who or how I was trained, I say Horace White was there and he taught me how to bump, I guess. But the guys who actually trained me about professional wrestling was Rob Cook and Cage. When you first started uh, training, what what did you pick up on very quickly, and what were things that they were like? Okay, you, you could work on this maybe some more. Um, it was it was pretty crazy because my first day I learned. My first day, the guy who was there who was putting on shows was like, "All right, kid, you're ready to get in the ring tomorrow on a show." And I was like, "Wait, what?" Um, I. I <laughs> I picked things up really quick. Uh, you know, I watching wrestling my entire life. I had a trampoline. I, as a kid, I don't know what kid doesn't backyard wrestle, you know. So, like, and the one thing that I would do is, like, when the Tough Enough series was out, I uh, I would I would watch that. And I'd watch how Al Snow would train them, and I'd watch how they would take bumps, and, you know, and, and I would literally every day uh, on my trampoline as a kid, I built a ring out of it, you know. I'd wrestle, like, my friends or stuffed animals or whatever I could <laughs> to uh, to get the movements down right and to to really you know hone in on a on a craft that when I actually got into a ring it was I mean I picked everything up pretty quickly and everyone everyone thought I was ribbing them and thought that I had had like six months to a year of training before I even got in and I was like no this is literally day one so I I was very fortunate enough where I was able to pick up things extremely quick. Did you give us the on the stuffed animal a, a wrestling name? <laughs> no, actually, it was one of those. Uh, it was like one of those old like Hogan Warrior type deals oh, okay. well, for wrestling like, buddies. Yeah, oh. every everyone as a kid had one of those. <clears throat> oh yes, yes we did. I think we had um, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> nice. So, um, was there uh, like any like great words of wisdom or advice you got early on in your, in your career that you carry to heart today? Man, yes and no. I do have to say, though, the best advice I ever got in wrestling came from Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Um, I was very fortunate enough back in 2000, I want to say it was 15. It was, it was literally, I think, a month maybe before he died. It was the second to last ever Piper's death. And uh, I was able to have a small little, little part in it. And uh, Rowdy, Rowdy was just so cool. He was such a gem. He was such a nice, just a, just an awesome dude. And uh, you know, I I had an idea of maybe for what I was supposed to do, and I pitched it to him. And to watch his eyes, his his eyes just light up. He goes, "Oh yeah, kid. Oh kid, that 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 that's great. That's good stuff. Oh, I love it. I love it. And then you got to do this, and then he would put his 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 little thing on it, and." Um, we, we did the whole thing when we came back, you know, he was so happy with how it went. And, uh, he, I, you know, that was when I said, as like, you know, you know, Hot Rod, I, any advice you have, I mean, I'm, I'm all ears. You're one of my heroes. You're, you're one of the, you know, I, I've, I've always loved everything you've ever done. And he just, you know, he goes, you know, kid, I go to all these indie shows and I see all these kids doing all these cool moves, but it don't matter unless you got a character. 
And he said, never, ever, ever stop running your mouth. Whether you're a heel, you're a baby face, make sure you always got something to say and you're always entertaining. And that always stuck with me. And now I try to use that no matter what. I try to always have the mouth running, whether I'm a heel or even a baby face. You know, I, I'm always thinking of things that I could say in promos. And I really took that advice to heart and... You know, but before that, I was just kind of like a generic wrestling guy. And now, you know, like, after that, I was really starting to, like, you know, put, like, little things into, like, a character. Like, before that, I never had an entrance thing, like a vest or anything like that. Like, small little details like that, you know, I, I really started to just, like, kind of branch off and explore. And it really, in my opinion, really helped me out big time. Do you think his daughter's going to do well in the wrestling business? I do. Um, I think... Uh, Colt, his son, did amazing. Um, I'm not sure if he's still wrestling or not. Um, but, I mean, they, that comes from when it's in your blood like that, absolutely. I think I think it'll do, I think it should be great. Yeah, there's like a big thing going on right now with Chris Benoit's kid. And uh, um, yeah. WWE doesn't want him just because of the Benoit name. Do you think he should get rid of the Benoit name or he should use it because... And make it better because what his father did, he can take that away from people and do his thing. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a real tough situation because, I mean, everyone knows what happened, yeah. you know, and that was one of the that was probably the darkest day in professional wrestling, um, and it sucks because you know I from what I've seen and have heard like. Uh, Chris's kid is amazing in the ring and he's just like his dad. Um, that sucks. Yeah. I, I would think we all, I mean, we all kind of know the answer that if WWE would ever give him a shot, that there's no way they'd let him use his last name and there's no way that they would let him even acknowledge the fact of who his father was. Yeah. We'll all probably know. I mean, we're all going to know fan-wise and, like, you know, whatever. Like, we'll all know. And I think that's as far as WWE will probably, if they ever choose to pick him up, I think that's as far as they'll ever go to mention that. They might mention it once. That's about it. Um, and to him, I mean, that sucks. But at the same time, it's a way for him to redeem not his father, but I would say his family's name. Or even, you know make his own mark and his own thing. I don't know. That's 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 a real tough situation and then it's unfortunate because if he never gets a shot, it's we know why. <laughs> because of what his dad did. Yeah. And any press that that gets is gonna be yeah, it'll be good press, but you're also gonna, you know, open up those wounds that, you know, you're never gonna take away what Chris did. So yeah. that's a that's a real terrible situation. So um I got a question right here. If a fan came up to you and asked you how to research a wrestling school, what would you tell them? I would tell them that uh, Excite Wrestling is is uh, <laughs> has their own wrestling school, and I'm the head trainer right now. <laughs> no, I, I would I would honestly. This is what I tell everybody: uh, wherever you live at, wherever you're, you know, do your research. Don't go off and and get trained by somebody who you know, didn't really do anything. Look at their school. Look at what they have to offer. What 
whoever's teaching you what have they done in the business you know do your research because there's a lot of people out there that are just so quick to take someone's money and then you know you're not getting the proper training and you, you know you're going to be taken advantage of i always tell everybody i say listen if you're willing to move and travel and do whatever, the best in the Northeast right now is a monster factory because Danny Cage has put more kids on television in contracts. And, I mean, he they have a amazing program down there. I've been in the monster factory. It's a beautiful facility. Uh, us here at Excite are hoping to replicate that and hopefully have our own version of success of what Danny has already done down in his region in New Jersey. Uh, but yeah, just do your research, you know, because with anything in life, there's always people that are going to try to take advantage of, of a situation. So just make sure that you're paying what, what you're paying for. You're going to get the best in return. Okay. That's not bad. Um, okay. Um, let's go. Um, let's talk about Team CK. Okay, let's talk about Team CK. Okay, Team CK. What what was the was that the, your initials like for um, car and cage for the Team CK? Yeah, okay. yeah, it was. But um, it, so it was always the uh, when when we when, when when Cage and I first started tagging, we uh, we we were known as the Degenerates of Society, but that was more what him and Rob Cook were doing. And the one company that we were tagging for. Uh, it was 2CW, and the owner hated that name. He was like, no, it's too much like DX. I hate it. It doesn't <laughs> sound right. He had the idea of just calling it CK. Okay. Um, I was so green and so new at the time that I was just kind of like, I was still learning. You know, I was maybe like five years in, six years in. I was still like, eh, okay, I'll do whatever. I'm just going to go out and wrestle and do what I got to do. Um, but then later when we started doing heel stuff and everything, I was really saying, man, you know, like CK, how about we call each other the career killers? Uh, and like, have that be like the, uh, what it actually stands for. Uh, then we, uh, we broke up with the tag team. We never were really able to get that, uh, <laughs> that name over or announced. Uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was, it was partially just car cage. <laughs> okay, uh, that's kind of cool. Still, yeah, I I looked at the list of wrestlers that you wrestled. It's amazing, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank <laughs> oh you. Oh my much. gosh, you got Sammy Callahan, Shane Douglas, yeah, the yeah. Young Bucks. You tagged with Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. Um, no, I actually I wrestled Tommy. You wrestled I Tommy. Tagged with him once and wrestled him. Okay, okay. Um, Eddie Edwards. I'm guessing you won that match, right? The Tommy Dreamer one. What was the question? So if he, the match that he had with Tommy Dreamer, I'm guessing he won because Dreamer always loses. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Oh, okay. There was no response for that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, no, sorry. That, 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 I, I heard muffling. I was like, I'm not sure if I'm being asked a question or not. No, but... he said um, when Tommy Dreamer, um, you wrestled him, he lost, didn't he? And... We yeah, were... no, yeah, yeah. I actually, I, I was the one that was able to pin Tommy Dreamer. It was pretty cool. Very unexpected, too. I was like, oh, all really? right, cool. Well, let's go with this. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that we always talked about at House of Hardcore, though, we were like, come on, Dreamer. Put yourself over at least once. <laughs> you know what's funny? is like, Tommy is like, he's such a gem. He's so, so nice. And uh, 
I, I remember I was I was I was really nervous like wrestling him. Uh, and it was it was a weird match too. It was him and Colin Delaney versus me and me and Cage, and uh, it, it, I was just you know I, I just will never forget like how much fun I was having in that match. Like that was like probably one of the first times where I was like, all right, this is I'm having fun. I'm not nervous. I was nervous beforehand, but like now I'm like, you know, it was just you know we were so cool. And when Tommy offered it to take the pen, it just goes to show you on a guy who loves the business and wants to see the younger generation and new guys succeed. So my, I always tip my hat off to Tommy. He's always a class act. Oh, Dreamer's always been, uh, well, even, even back during ECW, he talked about how he never wanted to win a belt there. Like he's just yeah. always been very unselfish. So, yeah. yeah, I was just looking at the names. I think like Dreamer is like one of those real few people where you don't have a bad story about in wrestling. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. Dreamer's always, he's, he's always just, no one has anything bad to say about him at all. I got a question. Um, Sammy Callahan, did you get the spit style? <laughs> uh, no, I got the I got the stiff one. I, I got the stiff style for uh, for Sammy, not the spit style, but the <laughs> stiff style. Uh, but Sammy's a man. Sammy's Sammy's awesome. Uh, he he. Uh, I learned a lot from Sammy. He was he was he was really cool. Um, I, I'm still I'm just still amazed, like. AJ Styles, how yeah. was how was that with the Young Bucks? That that was fun. You can actually watch that match on free on YouTube, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I, I was looking at it a little bit. I was I, I was still looking up everything, and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I have to watch this later. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was crazy because like when uh, that was two CW's final show, okay. And I when Josh, the owner, had posted the card, two CW and the owners and everything like. Josh, he would love to rip everybody. And for the entire time leading up to it, he goes, oh, you're going to wrestle Dalton Castle. And that was before Dalton was, you know, anything. That was, you know, when he was just starting in Ring of Honor and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, when the card was posted, it said Pepper Parks, or now Braxton Sutter, Jay Freddy and Sean Carr versus the Bucks and AJ Styles. And I was like, yeah, right, all right, funny <laughs> rip, ha-ha. And then 10 minutes later, I'm literally going over spots with AJ Styles, who was just announced you're pretty much that a rumor that he was going to WWE. And it's crazy because when he got done with the match, he literally flew from Syracuse to Pittsburgh for his, uh, his medicals for WWE. So oh. I, and then like a few weeks, like a month or so later, he's, he's in the Royal Rumble. And I was like, wow, life, man, I tell you. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. My my favorite one on the li- on the list is Mr. Ulala. Ah, Mr. Ulala, yeah, yeah, he's 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 the man. I love Mr. Ulala. I I was at I was at one of um, the LAW shows, and he got me um selling his merchandise, and I couldn't believe he never came out to do anything. All these people were coming up to buy his stuff, and I was like, oh, yeah. Wow, this is amazing. Ah, oh, he's 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 a gem. He really is. I keep telling Dave that you guys, you guys need to hang out because apparently they live next to each other. Yeah, like, find out he lives oh, in my wow, neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, he lives in my neighborhood somewhere. I, I, I haven't found out yet. But I have his <laughs> number, so I can call him anytime. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, um, yeah, Cody Rhodes is a null one. I was, like, amazed. Yeah. How did that match come? That match was insane. That was a, uh, that was a triple threat match. And again, it's, it's posted on YouTube, I believe. Yes, it is. Uh, I was watching uh, it. It was me, Cody, and A.R. Fox. And that was probably one of my favorite matches of all time. 
Aaron Fox is an amazing talent. Yeah, every time I wrestled Fox, it's been nothing but just sheer amazing. I actually, uh, we, we, we did a, a crazy ladder match. It was a four-way ladder match in, in uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, I want to say. Okay. Um, and it was uh, Fox versus me versus Shane Strickland versus a guy named Eddie Smooth. And uh, that was just total insane. I actually super kicked A.R. Fox off the balcony through a table. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and, and anytime, anytime I can get in the ring with Fox, it's, it's, it's just amazing. I love it. He's so easy to work with, and he's just it's amazing on what that man can do. And then you wrestled Brian Myers, a.k.a. Kurt Hawkins. Yeah, I've wrestled him a few times, actually. Yeah, I saw that. I was, like, looking. I was like, wow. This guy, like, yeah. for somebody I never heard of till like, Keener told me about you. And I was like, wow, this guy took on everybody. Why haven't I heard about him? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know I mean? But I, I love it, man. I, I love to see, like, watch more of your stuff. You know what I mean? Well, well that's the thing about wrestling in general these days is that there's so much of it that there's lots of good stuff that you haven't even seen yet yeah so, and, yeah and, and open my eyes it's it's crazy because there's so many hidden talents in the business that you know people are you know like like i love that when people say that they're like wow you've done so much like why am i just finding about finding out about this now but it's because that's that tells me that the business is doing good you know, oh, yeah. because that means that there's just a lot of just great wrestlers and great wrestling, and that means the business is doing good, in my opinion, at least. Oh, I, I totally agree with you on that. Here's a question. So, an, another thing with, um, I think recently with New Japan, like, I guess getting more eyes on them over the last few years, plus uh, everything going on with UK wrestling, like, who out outside the United States would you be like yeah like that guy I definitely would hope to get an opportunity to ever work with them one day oh man there's there's so many I mean it's it's who's it's the so first person that comes to mind even if even if it might be somebody else like just the first person first person man I'm gonna probably have to say Tanahashi in New Japan Ooh. at oh. a Rainmaker just because I just love their work. I, 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 I love, uh, I just, and that's, it goes back to what we were saying earlier. Like, I love the fact that there's so much wrestling out there right now. And it's not only in just the United States. Like you guys said, there's New Japan. Yeah. Uh, the UK is absolutely, all of Europe is just absolutely on fire right now with wrestling. Yeah. Um, I've, I've wrestled up in Quebec City, Canada for a company called North Shore Pro Wrestling. Never heard of them until I went up there. My gosh, you guys got to check them out. There's a guy up there. His name is Marcus Burke. Okay. Check him out. Okay. I'm, I'm running this down. talent. International. Um, big, strong dude. Uh, and their company up there, man, I mean... A lighthouse for them is a thousand people. It's insane. Uh, they do good business. I mean, all over Canada. Canada's another one. I mean, you got C4, Smash. Uh, there's, you know, inter interspecies wrestling. I mean, you know, Canada's another one. Like, don't sleep on Canada for a second. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's cool because, like, to, to see all the companies 
throughout the world, you know, just doing well in wrestling. It just, you know, like I said before, it's a great time to be in the business and it's a great time to be a fan in the business. So is this true? In 2011, you had a tryout for TNA Cut cut Check? (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, That was in, I believe it was in Plattsburgh, New York. Okay. And it was before a live event, uh, which... I mean, when when I was pretty, you know, pretty green, you know, I mean, I was still my first, you know, few years in the business, um, and it was one of those like, yeah, why not? Let's see who, what, what's the worst thing that can happen? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you know, we went there. I mean, it was a bunch of guys. It was it was probably the first seminar that I've ever taken. Um, I learned a lot. I won't lie. Uh, I learned a lot. Um, it, it was uh, it, it was definitely an experience. I don't think they used anyone on the show because it was a live event. I think they're just you know hey, let's just see if we can get some you know some extra cash. But I mean you know to get there to, to, to sit there and listen to Jeff Jarrett and you know and be able to, to even work security for him for TNA at the time was great. Um, since then I've been able to do two Impact pay per views, one of those one night only ones that they do, uh, which is which were I absolutely so much fun and, and I had a blast doing them um, but yeah that was that was my first taste of getting you know any not even a look but just kind of like you know put myself out there a little bit oh who did you wrestle at the one night only oh, man. oh uh, the the first one night only I wrestled group band like and the second one I was in a a, uh, a multi-man ladder match Okay. Uh, in which I retained my PPW at the time I was PPW Heavyweight Champion, and I actually uh, I retained it. And uh, I came up with the uh, with the finish, and Impact loved it. Uh, I was I had the ladder pinned. The, you know the ladder is you know I was underneath it. I was pinned down. The guy I was feuding with, Mike Orlando, goes up. He pulls the belt, but fumbles it, drops it, and I catch it. Um, he never had full possession of the title. I caught it, didn't have to pull it down. I'm the champ. It was great. People literally were like, yeah, oh. <laughs> and I got the super kick his girlfriend in the face that night, too. So it was a good night. <laughs> and uh, if the, that's one of my, kind of my favorite kind of matches, though, when the title just goes right into somebody's hands. Like how, <laughs> how um, 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 Carmella got her title that uh, first time and everybody got started crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was an awesome ending, and everybody started crying, and I was like, oh, gosh, why? This was great. <laughs> crying is another term for was pissed. <laughs> but fans, fans should just watch the product, and if you don't like it, then turn it off. It's, yeah, I mean, if you don't like it, just watch something else. It's that yeah. simple. So I thought that was an awesome ending with Carmella, and I thought it was the greatest, and and I, I was a little bit upset they did it the next night, and she still won. And I'm like, what's the point? Um, <laughs> so in 2017, is this true, Ring of Honor? Yeah, yeah. I uh, uh, I, I wrestled uh, a little bit for them in 2016, and then in two, the early 2017, I did their, uh, their top prospect tournament. Uh, I wrestled John Schuyler in the first round. Uh, he beat me, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was super fun, uh, getting the opportunity to wrestle for Ring of Honor. I think I wrestled for him probably, I can't even remember, it was just a handful of times, but, um, it was, it was, it's always fun, you know, it was always fun being in front of Ring of Honor crowd. Okay. I got, I got a question. I like, I like this 
does Ring of Honor or TNA have catering? No, no, no. not uh, not that I've seen. Uh, when I, I had a, uh, a backstage tryout with WWE, they have amazing catering. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, for Ring of Honor, no. Um, in, Impact, I, I'd imagine they might down in Florida when they, you know, or, or when they were in Florida and they were doing the tapings down there. But uh, but no, no. Every time I wrestled for Impact, they uh, they did not have catering. So here's your here's your bag of peanuts. <laughs> so, Here's your hot dog handshakes at the front door. Have a nice day. <laughs> so the tryout for WWE, um, when was that? Oh man, that was that was back in two thousand. I want to say thirteen, maybe. Okay. Two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen. That was a uh, yeah. That was just one of those things where I submitted the form. You know, I never expected a call back. I think it was like six months later I got the call. Uh, they, at first I thought it was one of my buddies ribbing me, uh, cause it was like, hello, this is Jeff Staff, and we're wrestling our team, and we went off you a, uh, uh, double shot with, uh, Philadelphia and Hershey, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> me? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was, it was really cool. Um, I was, uh, I was able to, uh, go down there and see how the big shows ran, and, uh, I got to do a backstage segment where I was a security guard. It was on. It was supposed to be on a SmackDown, and I ended up getting walloped by the Big Show, uh, taking a big punch. But then they uh, they cut the segment. It never made it to the final show. But I can always tell people that I got punched in the mouth by the Big Show. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that was that was one hell of an experience. Um, it was super fun. Everyone was really nice. It was kind of refreshing to see on how the Big Show, you know. The, the A game, you know, the the, the big one is done because it's really no different than WWE or it's really no different than Independence. Yeah. You know, you see you guys got, you know, they're, they're, they're planning their matches and calling their spots and their whole rehearsal. And, you know, it was, it was really cool to see, uh, see it done on that big of a stage. Yeah, we had a friend that got chokeslammed by the big show. Um, oh, if, nice. If you remember... Um, when JBL uh, won the title again, like he had a party in the ring and Big Show came out, and yes. the security guards coming up, he was the one that got picked up and dropped right on the uh, flower pot. Oh, okay, all right, yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, he's a, he's a good friend of mine. Um, you should talk about the reaction they um, when we were watching the one WrestleMania with a uh, Braun Strowman that spot. What you said? Oh, with, with um, the therapist. Yeah, um, Ike Phillips, and we were like, "Oh my gosh, it's Ike Phillips!" And <laughs> and and it was like awesome seeing him at WrestleMania getting cho- um getting chokeslammed by um Braun Strowman. Uh, that's kind of awesome, you know. What I mean, seeing guys that we see in the independent world like do something, you know. What I mean, oh, absolutely. But yeah, my friend Brian Sershi was in ECWA for a long time as one of the members of Chick Magnets. That's who got chokeslammed by Big Show. Oh, okay, nice, awesome. Yeah, I, just, I like to say who it is, and I know he's going to watch it and go, listen to this episode and go, hey, you said my name again, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, who had the hardest chop in the business? Oof. <laughs> oh, man, uh, it's a toss-up for me. Eddie Edwards and Jay Briscoe, leaning more towards Eddie, though. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, 
Man, every time I wrestled Eddie, every time he chopped me, I felt like I, it literally people would tell me it sounded like a shotgun going off. <laughs> uh, and then Jay Briscoe, he was the same one. He uh, he, he had a pretty pretty hefty chop too. Ooh. Can you say you have the hardest chop too? Uh, you know, I, I think my chop uh, is, is respected. Uh, I wouldn't say it's one of the hardest, but, uh, you know, it's definitely a, uh, it's, I, I would say it's a respectful chop. Um, it definitely uh, garners a pretty good reaction and a good sound. So I, I would put mine up there with, uh, with some of the best. Okay. Um, we know you had a nickname called the hybrid. Um, where yes. did that come from? Uh, that was actually the guy who first, like, uh, Horace White, uh, first taught me how to bump. He was the one that came up with that. Um, and for me, is, is over the years, I've tried so hard to get get away from it because I was like, nah, I just kind of didn't really like it. And it was one of those, uh, one of those names that, you know, just kind of stuck. And uh, no matter how hard I tried to kind of get rid of it, it just was always there. So I just embraced it, and I, I did it, and then uh, – I, I took a little break from wrestling this year, and when I came back, I was like, all right, that's it. You know, I'm going to make a video and everything and just pretty much say hybrid's dead. I'm <laughs> dropping the name. I'm just going to use my name. We'll go from there. And uh, so far, so good. So we'll see how long I can go without it. <laughs> Do you have any pet peeves in the business? I have a lot of pet peeves in the business. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, uh, ranging from, um, I I uh, I can't tell you guys how much I hate referees that have their shirts untucked. <laughs> that really annoys me. Um, <laughs> but one of the biggest pet peeves that I I think I have is um guys who like heels that do a cutoff and they do like the generic eye rake or or blow blow cut off um and then after right after they do it they pick the guy up and they whip him in the ropes to do a spot i always tell the people afterwards i said have you ever been really punched in the balls like really <laughs> you're not gonna hit, run hit hard. <laughs> the last thing you're gonna do is be able to run under your own power or if you ever flick yourself in the eye like you walk into something like a tree or something and you get you get your eye poked you're not you're not gonna get you know you're not gonna run after that you're going ow my my eye like yeah gee you know and so like just little things like that really pissed me off um, I also really hate egos in wrestling. <laughs> egos in wrestling really just, uh, um, I, 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 I don't like it when guys, um, winning championships is really cool. Um, but sometimes I feel that people let that go to their head. Not sometimes all the time. And, you know, I, I think that they, I don't know, like when someone's taking a title off somebody and they feel upset and they whine and they cry and I'm thinking to myself, it's it's a show. Like it's it's just it's just a show. You're getting worked up literally over nothing. It's you know yeah. if you wanna win a real a real title, go 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 in the ultimate fighting championship or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Like so give you a real reason to cry. <laughs> 
But, you know, just the, the, those are some of them. I mean, I, I'm sure I can think of more, but it'll probably just make me bitter. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I, I have, I have, I have some pet peeves when I watch TV. I hate when big guys go up on top rope. If you're not the taker yeah. or Kane, I I don't want to see you going up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe for a big a big show, like you know, like like WrestleMania or like something like that. But like when you got big dudes just going up top for all the time, it's like. Come on, guys. That's yeah. that's the other real big thing that I hate. Um, I hate on how just because you maybe can lift somebody doesn't mean you should. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you how many times I see really huge guys give up their size to smaller dudes. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And... I mean, I don't think, and then, I guess this is like the old school in me. I always feel that monsters should protect their size. Yeah. I feel that if a big dude is going to take a bump for a little guy, the little guy should work for it, and it should be the only move the big guy takes where he leaves his feet. Um, case in point, Hogan Andre. Yeah. Uh, Hogan worked for the body slam, hurt his back. Andre worked the back. Eventually, Hulk hit the body slam, but he worked for it, and it made sense, and it was Hulk Hogan. I really hate watching guys who are 150 pounds give German suplexes to dudes who are five, or who are like six foot five, 300 pounds. I hate that. And then I hate how they go, strong style. No, you don't know how to work. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. Like, yeah, I, I also hate when uh, guys start geeing up on elbows um, and start swinging for the fences and throwing live rounds. Um, there's been plenty of times where um, I've given some pretty, pretty uh, hard receipts. <laughs> from guys who had to kind of, you know, take it down a notch a little bit because, listen, yes, it's wrestling. Yes, we're going to work hard. No, I don't want you to just not lay it in. But when you're literally, like, thinking that I my face is a punching bag and you're just going MMA elbow on me, <laughs> come on, man, like, we're better than this. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things. Uh, that, that, that goes with, you know, just different type of person that they are and I, I guess you know who trained them and what they feel uh their form and their art of wrestling is one of the things that you mentioned that actually kind of um bought back uh something to mind like when you said making sure that little details matter and it's kind of everything is coherent with especially when you got like big guy and little guy and that reminded me of the takeover match that just happened recently with walter and tyler Bate. Where they they were working up, to, I mean, like so the second half of the match, I mean, there were there was a point in time during the match where where bait like hit a body slam, just a simple body slam, but they worked it up so much just because of the size difference that the crowd went nuts. Yeah, and all for a body slam, which is why, like you know, when whenever we talk to anybody, they say. You can make simple moves matter if you do everything correctly. Exactly. Case in point, uh, your simple lockup, uh, headlock, shoot in, take a shoulder tackle. 
Yeah. What people don't realize is for years, when WWE was booking guys for extra spots or tryout matches, whoever was watching the tape that was sent in, whether it be Tommy Dream or Dean Malenko or whoever, Pat Patterson, whoever, they would just watch guys do that one spot. Yeah. Because if you can't do that, you can't make it believable, and you don't know what you're doing. That one simple spot that all of us have seen a million freaking times is so important. Like, I can tell you guys this. The second I lock up with somebody, I can tell how, how good they are and how long they've been doing this. The second I lock up with somebody. Or, you know, even if it's, you know, just talking with somebody, I can, I can tell. Um, but that one simple spot you, is so much storytelling and nobody even really knows it. I, the, one of the most greatest seminars I've ever taken was, again, was with Ricky Steamboat. He broke down so much of that one spot that literally made that it really opened my eyes and I was literally like, Wow, like so much is, is, is going on there that you're not even thinking about because you're you're not thinking about that. Oh, everyone knows this spot. I'm just trying to get to the cool stuff in the middle or the end. But what makes a great match a great match is the story being told from when you walk out the curtain until you walk back through the curtain. And too many guys don't get that. They're like, oh, yeah, I know that spot. We're not going to do it, though. <laughs> All right, well, it could add a little extra. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, this is my favorite question to ask. Have you ever soiled yourself or vomit in a match? Ha, <laughs> uh, well never vomited in a match I've never vomited but I have soiled and have seen and been in a match with someone else who has soiled themselves <laughs> the match where I soiled myself wasn't too bad I mean okay okay the, hold on a second before, before we really continue hold on a second before we, really, before we, before we continue the top and that was it but the uh the no, guy no. who soiled himself that was something else. So I was working a match with a guy named Joey Image. Uh, he wasn't really known to go the distance with, with guys at all, you know, or, you know, like go a long time with, with wrestling. And he was kind of nearing the end of his career, but he really wanted to wrestle me and he wanted to go a full 20 minute draw. And I was like, okay, you know, I, I could do that. It's no big deal. So anyway, the week before the match, he thought he that was a good time to maybe start like drinking protein powder and eating protein bars and you know trying to get fit or whatever. A week before the match, we get to the show and his stomach is gurgling. It's gurgling bad, and <laughs> it was probably a minute or two in. I hit him with like a, a inside back kick. Everyone calls it the indie kick, and I got him pretty. Not, not like, oh, my God, I, I think he's hurt. But, like, I, I got him pretty snug. And he dropped down. He rolled the outside of the ring. And I was like, huh, that's weird. Hope he's okay. I rolled out. And he was like, don't I just hit myself. <laughs> <laughs> so immediately I'm trying to assess the situation to see if we got some leakage going on or, or what. 
and said poo was pretty well contained in his tights. So I did what I think anyone in my situation would do, and I started to think of every move I can do to him that would involve him smashing his butt on the mat. <laughs> because I want to make sure that when you go to clean yourself up, it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a process. <laughs> and we went the entire twenty minutes, and I'll never forget. I had him in a rear chin lock. Uh, it was probably midway during the match, and that's when I was like. Oh, yeah, it's right in there. I can smell it now. So, you know, I was there, atomic drop, you know, but not on my knee, on the canvas, you know, like, uh, but yeah, that, that, that was the, uh, that, that was quite an experience, to say the least. Yeah, Brian Pillman Jr. did it at uh, Pro Magic, um, Pro Wrestling Magic up in Jersey, and the fans noticed it right away, and, and everybody knows that everybody's pointing it out, and I'm like, "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> so, one of my uh, one of my big pet peeves with Dave is the fact that whenever he asks that, he's he tries to he tries to sound proper. He's like, "Have you ever soiled or just say shit your pants?" Never sit yourself. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, do you have any outside wrestling like hobbies? Oh, man, I got a lot of outside wrestling hobbies. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if you want to call this a hobby, but I have a daughter, and I absolutely love spending time with her. Awesome. Um, I love going to zoos with her. I love just doing everything we can is, a, you know, just our little adventures. Uh, I'm a really big comic book nerd. Um, I'm really big into Marvel Comics. I, lo- I love DC, too, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be a Marvel guy. Um, and you know, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I like taking care of myself. I like to, to, to work out and stay, try to stay in as best shape as I can. And, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I, I do comic cons here and there. I got one coming up in Elmira, New York, where, uh, this comic book shop that is up in, you know, my neck of the woods here in Binghamton, New York. It's called Sound Ground. They're actually, uh, have me go dress as uh, the Punisher, who's my favorite char- character. Uh, over two days down there at the Comic Con, so I'm, I'm pretty stoked for that. Uh, and yeah, you know, I mean, I outside of wrestling, I'm just a pretty laid back guy. I really am. Okay. So, so here's a question. I, I think it was on an episode of um, Up Up Down Down, like when uh, they had like Matt Riddle on, and he was talking about all this uh, outside inspiration that he gets for like what he does in wrestling like is there anything as far as from movies or comic books or or uh, just anything in general that you go you know what that should be something that that could be something i incorporate into what i do oh absolutely um i love movie trailers absolutely love movie trailers um and i think like i always try to think of like ways to like you know shoot promos or vignettes like a movie trailer um like for example when cody announced that he was in the bowl club and going to new japan when he was like sitting on the, the thing and he looked like a mob boss and he was smoking a cigar and everything like <laughs> i i love that or you know moxley you know when he was you know it did the whole escaping prison thing and you know uh you know announced that he was you know being john moxley again and you know doing the barbed wire and you know going back to his old roots like I love that. Like, I think I think wrestling needs more of that. Um, 
I I I'm big into movies and I'm big into like how you know basic you know just 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 simple dialogue and simple uh, you know character connection. I always think of like you know wherever whenever I'm doing a promo with a company or whatever and you know there, there's like it's like a backstage thing like I try to think outside the box and the one thing I always try to do in my promos is I don't like the whole classic. Well, let me tell you something, brother, and I'm just going to scream because I'm supposed to be tough and I'm a wrestler. And blah, you know, like, <laughs> I try to, I, yeah, I try to, like, to, to, to think differently, you know, to, to, to go about it a different way. Um, every seminar and everything I've ever, I've ever done, people say, you know, don't do the classic wrestling promo. Yeah. You know, where you just start talking out of character and you just got to, no, I'm not. I'm not talking to you guys like that right now. Why would I talk like that in a promo? <laughs> you know what I mean. Be like, yourself. That's not what my character, my gimmick is, and why would I? I wouldn't do that. So I always try to think like that. I always try to like my outfits or my car, you know, my my gear or whatever. I try to make it, you know, look pretty cool. Or people, where I come out, people go, oh wow, that 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 looks pretty sharp. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, because there's so many guys that just, I hate the generic singlet and the Walmart kick pad look. Like, I just, <laughs> it's like, come on, guys, like, invest in yourself. Like, I get it. Money can be tight for a lot of people. I get it. But, you know, tax time is usually generous to a lot of people. Like, take take some of that money, don't get a TV, and invest in your wrestling gear. Look professional. Look like you, you know, you're out of the pages of a comic book or off the screen of a movie. <laughs> You know, like, just little things like that. Um, I am a big movie freak. I, I have tons of movies on DVD. I just keep on buying. It's my little my little habit. Um, nice. What is your all-time favorite movie? Oh, my gosh. I have so many favorite movies. It's insane. If you have, <laughs> pick, like, five off the top of your head. One. Oh, man. All right, well... I mean, I, I gotta, I gotta go with you know, obviously, Avengers is up there. Um, classic ones. I love the Rocky movies. Um, Rudy uh, was always a big movie fan. I was always big into that. Um, Saving Private Ryan. I love Tom Hanks as an actor. I love almost everything that he's been a part of, whether it be Forrest Gump, whether it be, you know, just just everything that Tom the Hanks. Even as even the Toy Stories, like I think they're amazing. I think they're beautifully written, and I think that the the directed magnificently. There's so man, there's so many movies. I love quoting Con Air with people, <laughs> even though people are like, "What's Con Air?" and I'm like, "The best Nicolas Cage movie ever." <laughs> oh my gosh, yes it is. <laughs> oh man, I love. I just I love that movie. It's just John Malkovich it, it, was awesome too. Oh, so good, you know, and Danny Trejo is Johnny 23, like, come on, so good, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy, because, like, I love all t different types of genres of movies, you know, like, I love comedies, I love horror movies, I love, you know, if it's good, if it's, and I like it, I'll sit down, I'll watch it, and I'll be like, alright, cool, that was sweet, you know, yeah. but it's it's hard to pinpoint just one, because I have so many favorite movies, it's I got crazy. You. Okay, here, uh, okay, here's one, this is, this is a... Uh like a, a scenario question so okay. I, I used to say this with back to the future i said there's a golden rule if it's on it stays on you don't turn it off yeah. do you have oh, any do you have any movies like that where it's like somebody goes to turn the tv off and you're like 
don't touch the don't don't touch the power button. You know what's crazy is uh, my real job is like uh, I, I I plow in the wintertime and I drive a garbage truck or a dump truck during the summertime for the city of Binghamton, DPW. But at nighttime, a lot of the time, like when we're waiting for it to snow, like there's really not much to do. So we'll be, you know, our boss is really cool, and what if, you know, whatever list we have to do, pothole wise, we get done early, we come in, we can just hang or whatever. And for the longest time last year, Jurassic Park was on, and everyone literally would just stop and just watch. And yeah. one person tried to turn and change the channel. We're like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? This is Jurassic Park. You don't change the channel on Jurassic Park. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so that was pretty, you know, there, there's there's a bunch, though. I mean, Maybe the Lost World. And anytime, like, like the movie Aliens on, I'm like, you know, we can't change it. i got to watch this, you know, even if it's the edited TV version. But. <laughs> okay, um, I like how the fans, like, get into, like, the WWE 2K19 and make all these independent wrestlers. Has yeah. that, has anybody made you in the game this year? Yes, they have, yes. And it's crazy because I'm not a big video game guy. Like, I think the last video game system I had was a PS2. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just never, it was just never really my thing. But, yeah, no, a lot of fans have actually uh, taken great time and put crazy detail into making me, which to me is, like, the craziest thing in the world that somebody would spend, like, a good amount of time to get, like, I mean, like, all my stuff is custom made, you know, like, everyone, you know, a lot of guys on the indies, like, for these people to literally go through, like, pictures of me on the social media to look at my gear, to then put it on, a, on you know, the, the game and replicate it to near perfection just blows me away. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah that does, too. Like, I love gear, like, my pet peeve in wrestling, like we were talking about pet peeves, tag teams that don't match. That oh, freaking yes, pisses me yes. off. You know what I mean? Yes, I hate that. It's like, okay, you guys are just thrown together. Like, anytime <laughs> I'm on an indie show and I see two guys that are tagging who don't have matching gear, I'm like, oh, they rode together and they want to leave at the same time. Okay, <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't ask Jamac about a uh, pansocata. Pantocotta. <laughs> oh my Pants god. Pantocotta. I gotta yeah. hear this now. I'm sorry. It's just like the longest time I'm used to Okada just having like, you know, traditional gear with the shorts and the knee pads and stuff. And then when he came with like the, the like the, the, like the parachute pants looking outfit, yeah, yeah. it just threw me off. It was just like, this does, this isn't Okada. This is, this is weird. Well, it was kind of like Rock in 98 when he wore the tracksuit. Like, yeah. like, what the heck is that? But then, like, if you know the backstory, he actually had peck implants. Yeah, he, he had to cover up the uh, the people's bitch tits. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I know a friend um, wanted to ask um, one of the wrestlers last um, time in the interview about PW500. Okay, yes. are, you, are you big on that, or you just know it's just... Um, they only care about the people that kiss butt. Well, no, it's not even that. It's just the fact that PWI has been more of like a kayfabe, uh, you know, publication. So they'll be like, "Well, Seth Rollins did." Well, I mean, Rollins did have a good year, yeah. but like, you know, it's just it depends on who you ask whether they what their opinion is. What's your opinion on it, just in general? See, my my opinion on that is, um. The guys who are always complaining are always, you know, I, every year I hate the whole, 
Oh, I didn't make it. I must be number 501. I hate that joke. It's so overplayed. It's like, all right, we get it. You're mad. You're not on it. But what did you do to try to get on it? Granted, like, your first few times or your first time or two to get on it, you got to, I mean, they they put it out there. Like, they they say, hey, here's a form. Submit yourself. Uh, If people know know what it is but they don't do it, well, then why are you bitching about it? You knew what you had to do to get in it. Um, I was fortunate enough to where, you know, I was always ranked, and I never really, I never sent anything in. Um, but I was also, you know, put in really good spots where people, you know, took notice of me. And I, you know, I always found that the people, the guys who complain a lot about it, are marks for themselves, and they never really wrestle outside of the area that they live in. Okay. Okay, this is my last question. Um, so I am a big prankster. I love like pranking my friends. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? And so, do you have any rib stories that you're oh, allowed man. to share? Any? Yes, I actually do have a good rib story. I actually Ooh. do, <laughs> and it and it involves a handful of midgets and David Starr. Oh my gosh, you became my favorite person in the world right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so a few years back, David Starr and I were set to wrestle in Lancaster, Pennsylvania for this company called Lancaster Championship Wrestling, which then later on turned to Keystone Pro Wrestling before it went out of business. Uh, Well, it was a, they they had, they would always do two, they'd do a Friday show and a Saturday show. Uh, I would always do both because it was, it was, you know, the venue was literally right at a hotel. Well, on the Friday night, they had the micro championship wrestling uh, when that was kind of a thing. Uh, and they had all these, you know, the, the, the little people, the midget wrestling. And those guys were awesome. They were super fun. They were, they were really cool. Well, David thought it was a good idea to interrupt one of their matches and then get a, uh, hit a super kick on one to get heat. Um, and I guess he laid in a, a, the, the super kick really snug into one of the midgets and <laughs> it didn't really sit too kind with them. So they, uh, they came up to me and they're like, Hey Sean, we got We got a favor to ask. And I was like, yeah, sure. What's up guys. I was up in the match and they said after the match, if they could come out and then they can, uh, they, they wanted all of us to. They, they said, just just put him in the corner and we'll take care of the rest. We think we're going to have Baby, I think was his name, who was literally, I looked at him and he looked like a, a, like a, a swollen thumb. <laughs> <laughs> they said that he, they were going to have him, you know, do a stink face. And I was like, okay, we are, I get it. They, they want to, like, you know, get, get the, uh, you know, get back at him or whatever just a little bit. I get it. Okay, sure, I'll play along. So we do the match. Match is super fun. I have a good time. Here come the midgets. <laughs> I literally watched, and keep in mind, like, David Starr is a legit collegiate wrestler. He's, you know, he's legit. Like, he, he was like a state, I think he was a state champion for Pennsylvania. Like, he can handle himself. I watched about 15 midgets hold this poor man in the corner. <laughs> and he looked at me and he goes, Sean, what are, what are they doing? What, what's going on? And I was like, I think you're going to get a stink face, brother. <laughs> and I watched the, the middle-sized fat midget 
start to take his pants off. And I was like, oh, we're in this all the way now. <laughs> and he turned around. And Max is like, oh, my God, no, no. And, you know, I'm thinking, okay, he's probably going to have, like, his trunks on or whatever. No. He dropped trout. I'm looking at a little Bridget little midget brown eye and I'm going oh my gosh this is actually happening and Max goes Sean help me get me out of this I said brother you're on your own on this one I didn't kick the little person in the head as hard as I could and this dude shoved his butthole square in, Matt, or in, in David Starr's face and I literally was just I couldn't contain myself That I, I was like this is that actually happened I cannot believe it. And afterwards, you know, David Starr was cool about it or whatever, but, you know, to watch them get back at him and I had a small part of it was, I was just like, that, 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 that's awesome right there. I, I can't believe that happened. But oh. sure enough, it did. Oh my gosh, that, that is funny. <laughs> oh. yeah, we, we, we kinda, we've heard a couple of pretty good rib stories. That's that's pretty up there. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, the, the whole um, Frank Norman, um, Frank Cody, and um, Terry Funk. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> oh gosh. Um. Okay. Um. So, for anybody that wants to follow you on uh, social media, do you have any pages that you're willing to share? Yeah. No. I mean, you can follow me on my Facebook page. Uh, uh, I I used to have a Twitter. I just made a new one. Uh, I used to have a lot of followers on my old one. I don't have barely any now, and it's uh, at Sean Carr Sean under under slash Carr eighty eight. Uh, if I can get that number back up to where we used to be, that'd be pretty cool. But I mean, in the meantime. Look me up on Facebook. You can uh, be entertained with my silly, funny posts of my journeys as a pro wrestler, funny memes that I find, and pictures of my daughter. Um, and that's 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 pretty much it. Um, social media and me just kind of don't really go hand in hand. I actually hate social media with passion. Um, I think if it wasn't for wrestling, I wouldn't have any social media because I just don't like it on how people can... I mean, granted, everyone has the right to their own opinion, but sometimes people just talk without using facts and that annoys me so yeah uh but yeah i mean that, those are the two that i have now eventually i'm sure i'll make another instagram and, and and get going on that but uh you can also follow uh excite wrestling uh we're doing a lot of cool stuff coming up uh in binghamton new york we're gonna have a training school uh we actually just got into uh the, the local mall up here at an old rue 21 store uh, pretty excited for that. We're going to have monthly shows, a training center. We're going to do it all up, and it's going to be pretty cool. So uh, if you want to give that a follow, too, I'd greatly appreciate it. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty much where you can catch me. So um, we have a page on Facebook called The Insigori um, Pro Wrestling Discussion. Please go on there and share your stuff on there. Absolutely. We'll keep it going on that. Um, so before we wrap things up, there's always one thing that Dave likes to mention to all of our guests. So okay. when you come on Instagram, you become family to us. So anytime if you're upset or something, if you need something, somebody to talk to, we are here to talk to you. Um, there's too many suicides in wrestling, and I, I don't want to see anything else happen. You know what I mean? That that right there is, is amazing, and I appreciate that very much. Thank you. You're welcome, my friend. Um, we like, um, if you have any, like, promo picks and please send them over we can 
um, poster, um, picture. Yeah, whenever we the, have a interview get post or a, yeah interview get posted, we always ask ahead of time, and this all has to fall back on Brian Sosha because when we had an interview with him, we had a picture <laughs> of when he was a chick magnet from like many years ago, and I remember Sosha messaged Dave later on. Yeah, he's like, "Yo, buddy," he uh, was like, "Yeah, I haven't looked like that in a long. Can you like find a more recent picture?" Like so. <laughs> So we always ask ahead of time if it's if any picture you know for the most part is okay or you know. yeah Brian yeah what... I, mean, I, I could send I could send some over I mean I, I I have a bunch of stuff I could send you guys uh, but yeah that, that shouldn't be a problem at all um, if you um, please share this um, interview after you're done when we oh, post absolutely. it that'll be awesome to help um, try, try to make a name for us you know what I mean if you ever get back to the graphic design part in your life. We'll love to have a um, design for us. <laughs> yeah, oh, that, yeah, that's... no. If, if I ever, uh, if I ever get, get get in front of a computer again, and uh, I, I would be honored to do that for you guys. It's 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 uh, it's funny that Dave mentioned that because that's actually been an ongoing discussion with us. So we'll have to uh, keep in contact afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Without but, um... a doubt. And if not, I know a lot of guys who are amazing. Uh, they have just amazing skills at graphic design. There's, That'd be awesome. Can you send some of them names to us? Oh, wait. I, there, I, are, there are two rules. There's two rules. They have to know what an Inziguri is, and they have to know what a yin-yang is. Oh, yeah. No. We, had, we had somebody who didn't know what an Inziguri was. Well, that's that understandable. At all. But the yin-yang, uh, that's like kind of, you know. Yeah. yeah, so. All right. Well, this has been, this has been good. This was, um. This was real fun. D.B. Richards. Wow! Oh, you, nice. you, oh, I thought you, I thought you were going to say oh, something else. Oh, all right. oh, I thought we were saying goodbye. All right. <laughs> all right. So this is Fran, and this is DB Richards and JCL with our guest tonight. Say his name. Shogar. That's something. You know what? This is going to be a lesson for our next interview because we always do that, and we think that the we think our our guest is going to say your name, and that's like no, we're it's thinking like that Dave is going to say like, oh, it. Wait, so. man, is that my cue or what? I think it is your cue. Oh gosh, we need to bring that up. Oh gosh, no, nah, that's good. All right, thanks again. Thank you guys. I, I appreciate this big time. It was a blast talk with you guys. Oh, it was fun. All right, have a good night. Good night. Thank you. You too. See you guys.